0: Welcome back, my dear listeners, to T-Girl T-Girls. e-Girls. The only podcast video podcast where you can listen to us talk about internet trends Watch us play silly little games Mm -hmm. and listen to all of our hottest garbage takes about the current trends, the current comment sections, the current, you know, stream of consciousness thoughts that just come to us as we do this little thing. My name is Betty. I am an actress, a drag performer,
1: and a woman of the transgender experience. Oh my goodness. And today I'm Barney. Oh, true. And hi, I'm Kala. I'm not really
0: real. Kala has uh duped me this morning into believing that nothing is real. I'm not here. We live in a simulation. Yeah. Full matrix moment for well, us. You
1: know the the atoms and molecules that make up our body are more negative space than physical. Well, things. I know there's so like more negative
0: space slash more like dark matter in the we, universe we, than yeah, there is like matter.
1: We're more nothing than anything. And I love that. But that physics is not why we came here. Today, Betty, (laughs) we were supposed to talk about artificial intelligence.
0: And once again, we have misinformed you. Um, Misinformation will now be how we discuss everything and every topic of the podcast.
1: Wait, what? Did we change the... We changed the topic for today?
0: Yes, we are not discussing artificial intelligence today, Kala. Uh,
1: you guys, I'm going to be completely unprepared for this episode.
0: That's a lie, because I know this bitch <laughs> has opinions about everything. Today, the discussion that we will be having is the Transgender Game Awards! Oh my god! <laughs> That's right. At the end of the year, there is a big video game show called The Game Awards, yep. and we... Both love talking about video games, as you can see. If you're um, watching the podcast, we have lots of little video game knickknacks and trinkets, and we start every episode with a little Pokemon game.
1: Also, fully and completely, I feel like the audience will agree with me if they're into video games, 2023 was a rockstar fucking year for games. True. Like, some really good stuff came out. Lots of
0: big budget releases, lots of really, like, amazing stories. Yeah.
1: I fully plan to get into it, but, like, a new Zelda game? I mean, those are rare you know like they only come out every six seven years at this point i know so. didn't they
0: take six years in between yeah. like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom yeah and i'm glad they
1: did because it's a fully fleshed out like experience it's really good i
0: know especially in the age of you know video games that's kind of like always having day one dlc and yeah. like always patching in content and it's or like just I, you kind of existing... just like expect like a game to be released <laughs> broken
1: yeah pokemon Hmm. Um, But we can get into that. Um, Betty and I thought it would be fun if we, I don't know, came up with our own awards show. And gave awards out to the games that that we thought should be winners this year.
0: So today on the podcast, Kala and I will be discussing the game awards that are currently Mm -hmm. happening. We will also be having our own trans game awards. And you'll just have to see what else we do. But before we do that, we're going to play... Our little game.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. This is a continuation for all of the listeners who are back with us today. We have been playing this game for the past... This is our third episode of this. Yes. Where we are going through each of the generation of Pokemon and saying which of the starters mean what. And what do I mean by that? If you pick Bulbasaur, for example, you're definitely non-binary, baby. Mm-hmm. If you pick Squirtle, you're a girl's girl. Mm-hmm. And if you pick Charmander... I don't trust you. You're, You're a make-
0: cisgender heterosexual male. And
1: you may be an incel. Yep. Today, we're on generation three. Yes. We've made it. Um, Betty- to ho n Who are you calling a hoe? You. That's true. <laughs> uh, Betty, what was your starter in the ho region?
0: My starter in the ho region was mudkip.
1: Aw, so cute. Yes. I always
0: love a little water starter. When I was, like, a little kid, I... You know how, like, most kids would play mermaids? Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. in the pool? Mm-hmm. I would play, like... Swamp monster. No, like, Pokemon. Like, Ugh. I would pretend to be, like, different water Pokemon. I oh, would be, like... Wait, that's kind of cute. I would be, like, lying. in the pool doing, like, cartwheels underwater being, like, I'm Star You. Oh, my
1: gosh. yeah, yeah. yeah! Under yeah! the water! <laughs> that's kind of camp. I love that.
0: Um, so, uh, Mudkip, I saw it and had its cute little, like, tail. Mudkip also is, like, the most memeable Pokemon wait, starter. Wait, what
1: is Mudkip supposed to be? It's Like a salamander? It's kind
0: of like a salamander meets a mudfish meets a, an axolotl.
1: Interesting.
0: And then, like, as it grows, I really don't know. Like, Swampert doesn't look like any real creature. Mm. I have to say, the Generation 3 starters, I think, are some of, like, the best designs as far as, like, a cool factor. Mm. I feel like all three of the um, evolutionary lines end up into, like, looking like cool Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so yeah. much, like, cute... But I do think there's something, like, fun in camp about Mudkip specifically. It's just a little, like, derpy face.
1: Well, as somebody who picked Mudkip, what do you think it says about
0: you? Oh, uh, it says you're a little gremlin.
1: Okay. uh, You're a dirty little swamp creature.
0: Yeah, you are a dirty little swamp creature, and I am. Like, you are just, you love filth. And you love just, like, um, staying in your room all day.
1: You are fucking disgusting, (laughs) and I absolutely love it.
0: You haven't seen sunlight in a long time, so go outside.
1: Okay, little goblin people.
0: Um, How about you, Kala? I
1: Trico, like a normal person.
0: Well, you just picked another grass starter,
1: is what you did, did. for the third time in a row. Yeah, I did. I like the grass-type starters, what can I say? Also... Maybe I'm just a little bit of a masochist because in most of the games picking the grass starter is like the worst thing you could possibly do because typically- Not in the like,
0: first one. Bulbasaur a, is super strong in Gen 1. Game,
1: but usually there's like a bug type trainer or gym or flying type trainer or gym really early in the game. So you kind of set yourself up for a challenge, which I like. Um, girl, you're just lying
0: because the first two gyms in a Hoenn are a rock type and a fighting I'm type. Saying,
1: I'm saying in general, girl. Why are we okay. arguing over which Pokemon I liked <laughs> and which one I preferred? I didn't interrupt you while you were giving your little money. No,
0: you're saying you're talk. saying that picking Trico creates a
1: challenge, and it I does think it. I picking the Grassharp type starter, I think, presents. A okay, well, what does trait. it say about you?
0: What does it say about you that you picked Trico?
1: I like to be different. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I like to be different,
0: and I like a challenge, and I'm sticking by that. I also think you might have been a little bit of an emo kid. Is my guess.
1: Yeah, I do have a lot of trauma. We could get into that. You know, let's make this a therapy session. Let's start When, d- with, when don't we? <laughs> let's start with how how my mom left me in a car once when it was a really hot summer day. Just start there. So, if you are
0: like Kala and your mom left you in a uh, car on a hot summer day, you probably, picked, probably Trico. picked Trico. probably <laughs> If you have dead brain cells because your parents left you in a hot car,
1: <laughs> you pick <a> Trico. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Um, and if you picked Torchic, you are um, not here with us. But I am going to say, I think Torchic, adorable.
1: Also Blaziken pretty badass.
0: Blaziken, really cool. Combusken looks like something very specific. <laughs> Girl.
1: Well, it is a, it is a, it is a cock. That's true. Also, I think Septile's pretty rad. Yeah. he's And, I mean, he's like a cool little grass lizard yeah. ninja. I, I,
0: I think if you picked Torchic, you're not against gay people. You're like an
1: ally. Okay. Okay, yeah. Whereas, also, like, if you pick Charizard, I think you actively don't like LGBT folks. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. You could potentially be, like, a homophobic incel, for sure. Yeah. I also think, funny enough, like, a lot of the times I think they gear or, like, try to present the fire-type one as the boy one. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like Torchic to Blaziken is more like a girl Pokemon.
0: A little—Torchic, specifically, there's something yeah. so femme. It also might be because that was, like— What's her name from the anime? Maze, Maze starter Pokemon yeah. in the, like, anime. Yeah. But Torchic, very femme. And then—
1: Maybe but like Combustion
0: soft... and Blaziken are not to me. I had,
1: like, a soft spot for Torchic, even though I didn't choose that. They were always, like, the one that, like, oh, maybe I would have.
0: Did you know Torchic has, like, the smallest, like, gender difference of all Pokemon? Because, you know, like, the male and female sprites are sometimes different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. Torchic has one, like, precisely one pixel that is oh. different between um, the, like, male Torchic and the female Torchic. Interesting. And it's um, because... Uh, it's like a reference to chicks like when they're really little are like sorted often yeah, on yeah, farms yeah. Which into really like complicated male chicks and female chicks because there's like this one tiny little like dot on male chicks mm. that isn't that aren't on female chicks and that is what they did they have like this
1: one little tiny little pixel that's differently colored that is a commitment to the bit yeah if i've ever heard and that that. that's camp that's camp well, Betty, I want to get into a conversation about this year's Game Awards. Before we before we present our own awards, I want to mm-hmm. talk about, like, the actual awards that are happening. Yes. And this year, again, I think 2023 was, like, a super rad year for video games. And the Game of the Year Award has some really, really awesome nominations.
0: Some heavy hitters. Yeah. Um. Not the first one we're about to mention. The first <laughs> one <laughs> nominated. So
1: this is the one. Somebody has to be <laughs> a loser, <of> a- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's be real. Alan Wake 2 is I've not, not going this. to win the Game Award.
1: <laughs> I have not played this, but I have seen it, a couple of It is of not going to win Game of the Year. I've seen a couple of reviews. I have heard really good things about it. Apparently, it's very fun.
0: I'm sure it is, but, like, who is she, really? If you're a fan of the Alan Wake series, tell me why it deserves Game of the Year to you, because <sighs> I don't understand, like, it's a mystery game.
1: Like... It, Isn't it like a horror suspense game too? A
0: little bit, but it's, uh, from what I've understood, uh, clearly neither of us have played Animal it. Yeah, too, I haven't had a chance to play it. Yet. So we are being judgmental about a game that neither let's, of us Let's not have... loop
1: we in here.
0: I'm being judgmental Thank about you know. a game that I haven't played. <laughs> I just don't understand the hook. And there's already another like horror game on the nominee list yeah. this year which honestly I forgot that it came out this year because it, it came out so early in 2023. I don't know what about the Alan Wake series stands out to me. Because mm. from what I understand, it also has like a really complex and confusing storyline, which maybe if you're like into a really complicated narrative is really good. But I'm into- that I'm into, a simple girl. Well, she needs it simple. I need a narrative that is understandable that allows for lots of like reaction and choice in mm. my games. So, like, when a game just has a complicated narrative, but the, like, choice isn't there, I don't really... It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
1: Mm. Well, this next game I also have not played, but it is much grander in scope. I feel like everybody... Speaking of choice and reaction. It's Baldur's Gate 3. I've never played a single one of these games. I don't really know much about it other than the, like, very slutty videos i have seen on tiktok and youtube about it <laughs> and that i sent to her is it kind of like a dungeons and dragons game so okay uh, this is my time to shine i have
0: spent so much time in baldur's gate 3 this year i own it on both my pc and my ps5 i end up playing more on my ps5 because i can get a more stable frame rate on it because oh my, my uh, graphics card on my pc is But the PC version is kind of better because you can mod it and it is like, the Larian Studios, the game studio behind this, 100% supports the community doing whatever they want, making whatever mods they want for the game. And, like, allow just, like, a native kind of, like, um... It's called Nexus Mods to, like, run it. It's so good.
1: I love it when studios are
0: down for the modding community. And this is the the thing about Baldur's Gate 3 that I find really special. And, like, if I was on, like... Hello, dear listeners. Editing Betty here. Unfortunately, in this exact moment in time, my microphone cut out. So for the remainder of today's episode... You will be hearing me getting picked up by Kala's microphone. We apologize and aim to do better for all future episodes. And thank you for listening to T Girl E Girls. Uh, if I was like a panelist for the Game of Wars and I was championing this game, I would say like it creates so much choice. Larian Studios really thought about like the way in which players could interact with their world on like a scale that I've never seen a studio That's do before. That's what I keep hearing, yeah. And there's, like, a reaction for everything.
1: Like That's so cool. That sounds like a very, like, deep RPG. It is. Which it I is. have really been craving. For it
0: is, now. and as you were saying earlier, it is directly adapted from the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. That's what I thought. That's what I've been like, hearing. Like, officially. That's not, what I've been hearing. It's not just like, oh, we're, like, using that as, like, kind of the base for what we're doing. It's like, no, like, officially they partnered with Wizards of the Coast. Mm. Who owns Dungeons and Dragons and like created Baldur's Gate three? Gameplay wise, varies differently from the previous Baldur's game game. Ga- excuse me, Baldur's Gate. Are you games. smelling toast, girl? I love it because I love turn based tactical combat, which mm. is what Baldur's Gate three does. And that's my favorite kind of RPG. Hot now. vampire elves, bitch!
1: <laughs> now hold on with that. I have actually been really craving a good RPG. I just picked up Super Mario RPG for the Nintendo Switch, which... I really want to play that. It's really fun. I really love it. Um, But it isn't quite like the... I like an RPG that's like low-key kind of confusing. You know, like the magic system is so specific to just that game. The mm-hmm. characters are so specific to just that game. I think the last time I played an RPG where I was really like, wow, this is so amazing, was Xenoblade Chronicles, if you've ever played that. So if you have any recommendations for the Switch for a really rad RPG, please let me know. Um, The next game that is up for Game of the Year awards is Marvel's Spider-Man 2. I have actually played this, not a ton, but a decent amount. And And you know about shooting webs. I do, quite a bit. My partner, speaking of, has also been playing (laughs) Spider-Man 2. They're actually the one mostly playing it. I'm kind of watching. And like, backseat gaming? Backseat gaming, definitely. Um, but it's really, really cool. The scope of Manhattan in that game is honestly mind-blowing. It feels like you're literally there. Me and my partner could actually, like, retrace our recent va- vacation there, which How was, cute. like, really cute. Um, if you are a fan of any of the previous Spider-Man games, it, like... It doesn't stray too far from any of those. It's not introducing any, like, mind-bending mechanics. It's just got an interesting story. Lots and lots of different playable characters, which is cool. Although, playing as Mary Jane was super boring to watch, I will admit.
0: Oh, spoiler alert. I guess if you haven't played it, you can play as Mary Jane. I didn't
1: know that. Oh, uh, well, well you only play for, for like, two seconds anyway. Yeah. But in any case, it wasn't the most exciting part of the game. But I think that this is a really good contender. People love this franchise of games. I don't know. Have you played any of the other ones? So, I have
0: played the first one. Like, this is this On the PlayStation 2? No, no,
1: no, no. no, no, no. Oh, of this series, series, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: um, and and the Miles Morales one, right? But I haven't played two yet because I know eventually it's going to go on PS Plus for free, right? Right now it's in that stage where I would have to buy it, and I'm like, if I wait another six months, I can play this game for free. Mm. Um, and I, I think the best part about that game is the traversal. Like, I really, yes, I really think it mastered the like how you want to feel if you're swinging like... Well, if you're Spider-Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Swinging and, through the city. And we've talked about this before. I love a sexy man in a tight little suit. I love Venom. you get a lot And you get a lot of them. Like, b- multiple Spider-Men, which is really fun.
0: The next game to talk about is the other horror game that is on yeah. the nomination list, which is Resident Evil 4. Yeah. You know, Kala, we haven't really been talking about how, like, transcoded any of these games are. I think Resident Evil 4 is transcoded. I think Leon Kennedy Mm. is a trans man. I
1: I have not played the remake, but I played the original on the GameCube, I think it was, that I played it on. Mm -hmm. Um, Loved it.
0: It's a total, like, ground-up remake of that. I haven't actually played Resident Evil 4, but I have watched many playthroughs of it because Mm. I can't play horror games. I will cry. I get oh. so scared playing an actual horror game experience. You know what's
1: funny? I am not normally a person for like a first-person shooter kind of game, but Resident Evil games specifically, I love.
0: Well, did you know the original Resident Evil on the GameCube kind of literally shifted the entire genre of shooter, like that over-the-shoulder view? Oh, right, 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 which you right, right, didn't right. usually get. Yeah. Um, and it because we wanted to
1: see Leon. Yeah. He's hot. And
0: they knew because Leon. Is-
1: Good looking, daddy. yeah. Well, th- that's because the developers wanted to look at him. They were like, I don't like that you can't see him. I mean,
0: him. before they gave him this cute little harness, too? And I'm like...
1: That's a gay man at a leather daddy club.
0: Leon, mm-hmm. you can sign up the DMs.
1: Um, up next is one that I think a lot of people are probably playing right now, because it just came out, and it's Super Mario Wonder. Woohoo! It is... Have you played it yet? No, not yet. It's beautiful. It really is. I, like,
0: watch people play it.
1: From what I've heard, they invested heavily in the animation of the game. Like they inv- they literally hired an entire animation team, yeah. Um, inspired by the fact that the movie had made so much money, and it shows so completely. Like the characters have little anim- like microscopic animations for everything.
0: I actually just watched a video about this on YouTube. So it's it so going beautiful through like every new animation that was made. There's like slime in the game. Yeah. Which has like a different animation for the way they swim through it Mm -hmm. than when they're swimming like Like, in the water. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so, because you could just be lazy and reuse the animation, right? Yeah. I also really do need to play it because I really want to play this
1: Daisy. It's beautiful. There's so many fun playable characters. There's lots of ways to adapt it so that you can play with like young kids if you have kids at home or you have siblings. It is so deserving. The only thing is, if you are a long time Mario fan, Mm -hmm. do not go into this expecting like, to be mind-blown. This is not a 3D Mario game. You know, you're not going from, like, Sunshine to Galaxy, where, like, Galaxy is probably one of the best Galaxy. 3D Mario games Galaxy ever. the best 3D Mario game. It, don't expect that. Like, it's a 2D Mario game. You're traversing from one end to the flagpole, playing against obstacles, and some of the levels are incredibly hard, which is fun.
0: I also feel like they made this game when they were on a bunch of drugs.
1: They must from what have. what
0: I've seen about, like, the way the Wonder Flowers yeah. look, it looks like a, an acid
1: trap. You know... In a different world, I would have went to animation college. I actually applied to a master's program and got in, beside the point. Animators? Crackets. In the best, most loving way. Woohoo! I, they don't even need drugs. They just are. <laughs> and
0: the last game that is on this year's uh, Game of the Year nominee list for the Game official Game Awards. The winner. Is, well, we already talked about the winner. It is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Ah, uh, uh, Yes. Gonna, I'm just gonna let Kala take this section away. Uh,
1: it is such a beautiful game. I'm a Zelda girl, okay? It is my, like, one true love in terms of an IP. And
0: when I get cast in the Zelda movie, Kala's gonna be so jealous.
1: I don't know why you would put that energy on me. <laughs> Anyways, it was such a good game. It was such a beautiful expansion on Breath of the Wild. It's such a beautiful game. It's very expansive. It is very rich in lore. It builds upon Hyrule as a universe. There are some things that I think that they did with it that they should have either done better or not done at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I still think it's totally deserving of the award, and in my opinion, should be the winner.
0: Yes. From this list, if I was picking a winner, I would pick Falter's Game 3.
1: And you'd be incorrect, but... Well, we will see what happens we'll with the see. actual
0: Game Awards, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, Zelda winning Game of the Year again. Not too shocking.
0: But did it do enough? Did it innovate enough?
1: <sighs> that is actually a really solid question, and I'm curious what Zelda fans have to say. And maybe I'll make, like, a little spin-off video to elaborate on this, but I just feel like some of the new mechanics they introduced with, like, the ultra hand feature of the game it just didn't really do enough. And I think that there should have been some more elaborate quality of life things. Mm. Um, but overall, the game is very fun. Okay. And very exciting. So now
0: that we've given, like, our general thoughts and opinions about these games and we've picked our winners, which one um, do you think is giving the most LGBTQ
1: energy? Mm. Which one
0: is for the dolls? Like, which of these games are for the dolls?
1: It's hard to say, number one, because I think trans people just really like video games. So True. All of them. Um, but honestly, probably the two that we picked as the winners, Baldur's Gate or... Zelda Zelda has, like, straight-up queer characters. And in my opinion... Really? Yeah.
0: I didn't know that.
1: And in my opinion... Who's queer in Zelda? Well, technically, nobody has a sexuality, but they queer-code quite a few people. There well, are, the Great Fairies are all
0: just, like, dolls and drag queens.
1: Yes, they're 100% they are drag queens, and they have been since the 64th. Which, by the
0: way, casting for the Legend of Zelda live-action movie, I am available.
1: As am I, to play Tingle specifically.
0: I want to play any of the Great Fairies.
1: But I also fully believe that Link is just a non-binary, literally agendered little thing.
0: Link has had top surgery, for sure.
1: Yeah. Link is just a, a little dude. Yeah. You know, very trans. Baldur's Gate, though, you can, I'm sure, have ba- boobs Balder- and a dick.
0: Baldur's Gate 3, you can. Exactly. And I've I made so, many characters with titties and dicks. It's a so. pre, that's a pre-op trans woman. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. No, no, um, on Baldur's Gate 3, in the character creator, you can uh, mix and match whatever, like, um, gender pronouns and genitals you want
1: hello Uh, you know what amazing you know what i want them to release on in terms of statistics go ahead and take a look at all the addresses of conservative voters who are playing that game how many of them made a trans character i bet you most of them
0: well i'm pretty sure like transgender porn is most looked up it's most
1: yeah it's most consumed in conservative states yeah that's why i want to know like some conservative asshole right now is online saying we don't deserve to use the bathroom. No, by the way, will
0: not be on that because I actually don't know anything about statistics. But
1: She's actually illiterate as well. This, is, I mean, this podcast is a cry for help. I am Lea Michelle.
0: <laughs> 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 Hi everybody, I'm Betty with an I and I am talking about movies and TV shows again. Oh yeah! The zag after strike um, is currently suspended so I'm allowed to discuss... Um, Things that I want to, again, in regards to movies and Mm TV's, we're in the process of ratifying the contract. Um, If you are a fellow union member, please um, look at the information and come to your own informed decision on whether or not you want to vote yes or no. Um, I know many people fought long and hard for this contract, and I know many people also feel that it still isn't really enough, so... Please think about it and vote the way your heart feels is best for you right now. I know that I'm tired and would love to go back to work, but I also know that mm. I deserve as many protections as possible from being exploited by uh, billion dollar companies. little rant.
1: Betty, I want to get back into our discussion about video games and our silly little video game awards, but before we do that, we were going to play a second game. I want to just throw that away and quickly take this opportunity to say thank you so much I am thank you so much for like introducing our audience to what is a very real complication in your industry at the moment Mm -hmm. and we because our industry well I was gonna say because of the strikes we haven't had an opportunity to talk about movies or the entertainment industry really at all Mm -hmm. I know we've already talked about the Zelda movie coming up a few times but Funny enough, a significant reason we started this podcast in the first place was because I'm a trans femme who really, really, really wants to become a film director. We're filming this at Yuck Studios, my home studio that I built with my partner. We've been working tirelessly for years with uh, with my bare hands to build this studio because someday I would love to create a trans-owned and operated first-ever drag queen-owned uh, production company. Production company. Boots. And Betty is actually an actress who has been on an HBO series called The Sex Lives of College Girls. A. So we both work in the industry and we're both hoping that this can be a really good platform for us to make some amazing connections. It's
0: actually a
1: Max original series. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. They said those three letters. Gone. Chopped. Maybe one of these days on this on this show, I'll show everybody my extensive DVD and Blu-ray collection. Well, I want to get into some... I want to get into the Trans Awards, the Transgender Game Awards, starting with something a little familiar to us on this show.
0: Okay.
1: Sexy daddies (gasps) in video games. (gasps) And I want to know who were the daddiest daddies in video games of 2023. Oh, there's so many good options this year, too. We're going to spitball some options, and you as our audience are going to let us know who is the daddiest daddy.
0: So my first thought always goes to from Baldur's Gate 3. Yep. Daddy Druid. The daddiest of daddy druids. Big bear wood elf. You can have sex with this man when he is transformed into a bear. Mm-hmm. That is daddy. That is daddy. That is daddy energy. And, 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 he's polyamorous.
1: Oh. Yeah, like,
0: like, canonically. Like, you cannot be in a monogamous relationship with him. Okay. Like, he does not believe in monogamy. So if you date him, like, he will fuck other people and so will you.
1: Oh. Well, I wanted to say... Ganondorf obviously Ugh. and I think he is a contender so maybe I'll throw him out there because he hasn't been in a Zelda game for a while and he's back as the demon king and looks really really sexy yeah no
0: I mean and Matthew Mercer voices him, I right? know oh my god yes mm. especially
1: like the moments when he has the horns like oh my god oh um but another contender I think from tears of the kingdom is Sidon the Zora Sidon. prince doesn't he have a fiance? we don't need to talk about her that bitch that bitch
0: that green ass ugly bitch. Yeah, she they
1: didn't even make her cute. How are you gonna steal my husband and not even make his fiancee the, cute? Jack the
0: Rooney in that game pill is that Sidon has a statue of Link.
1: Yeah, oh, they're in love.
0: <laughs> nothing th- not nothing with the fiance.
1: No. <laughs> she's just well he has to get married. He has to keep the
0: I saw this other character, because I don't play this game, but like I saw him being tossed around online also from Zelda, I forget his name, though. He's, like, a professor, archaeologist. He's always shirtless.
1: (gasps) Yes! Oh, my gosh. What is his name?
0: Kala's going to find out the name for me. While Kala's looking that up, um, another contender for Daddiest of Daddies is Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil 4. There's something specifically about Leon in Resident Evil 4, which I think is the hottest version of Leon. Because when we are introduced to Leon in Resident Evil 2, he is, like, a budding young cop he's giving very like twink energy to me Mm. but by resident evil 4 he's so jaded and like very sarcastic um and there's just more daddy energy like i wish they let him grow facial hair but they always keep leon's face very smooth and And like grow grow a little stubble and then i really want to like sit on you
1: (laughs) who said that that took me a second. Within the list of the Game of the Year awards, like just going back to that list also, um, Venom from the new Spider-Man 2 games. Venom I mean, is always daddy. Baby. None of the
0: Spider-Men are daddies though. Every Spider-Man is not a daddy.
1: Why is this in Spanish? Isn't
0: his name Toro?
1: Toro, yeah. Not me getting it. Oh my God. I like, Google it. I know, Jesus Christ, why the was that? Why is that? so professor from Zelda's name is Toro. He's a researcher, yes, and he is very good looking. Delicious man. Mm. Um
0: another daddy contender also from Ballersgate is Astarian slash Astar. Oh yes, 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 yes. He was on my list of like monsters I want to fuck because he's a vampire. Um he's a little more of like flamboyant and like twinky to be like a daddy. Mm. But some of his lines are so good and Neil Newbon, his voice actor, just won like awards. Oh nice. Um, not game game But like awards. voice acting it, it's like voice acting awards okay. Um for his portrayal of Astarian because it's so good.
1: I'll just throw one more out there, and that's Bowser from Super Mario Wonder. Bowser's
0: always daddy. He's for always our a daddy. Out there. Um,
1: and then obviously let us know if we left somebody out, but also let us know who was the daddiest daddy. Yeah.
0: All right, our next category is mm-hmm. mommiest mommy. <gasps>
1: mommiest mommy. We have our dads and we
0: have our moms.
1: Yes. Ooh, this is a good one. Is mm. there a mommy
0: that comes up for you?
1: Well, definitely the great fairies from Tears of the Kingdom. They're always giving all four mommy. of them. They're all giving mommy. They're, They're giving all... doll. They are uh,
0: also. Mm-hmm. I have one uh, Ada Wong from Re- the Resident Evil series okay. as well. So Resident Evil Four, Ada Wong is always serving mommy down. She's always in some little skimpy red dress, and she's like, Ugh.
1: you know what? You know we know what I'm having a trouble troubling time with right now. What? I, I have a, I have a hard time objectifying women. Oh yeah. You know. It's hard for me to to sexually objectify a woman because I'm like if you're mm-hmm. just you're too graceful.
0: Um, well, Shadowheart and Lazelle from Baldurs Gate Three, I also think need to be nominated as mommies. Also, Carlac, all the women from Baldurs Gate Three <gasps> oh. are very different, like mommy energy. Carlac is like a barbarian, mm. um, and she literally has a line that's like, "I want to ride you until the sun sets." Oh my god! Like wild.
1: Uh, two more submissions: uh, Bayonetta.
0: Oh, Bayonetta. But she still wasn't in a new game. Yeah,
1: she was. I'm forgetting the name of it, but it was that like background story one that she had. It's a spin-off game.
0: Oh, it was like her little baby game. Yeah. Um, Okay, fine. We'll count. And
1: then also Samus Aran because she had a remake of Metroid Prime 4 this year. And didn't Dread come out earlier this year as well? Or was that late last year? I think Metroid year? Dread
0: came out late last year. Okay, Somebody so. fact-checked us. But
1: Prime 4, I'm certain, the remake came out this year. And although you don't see her in her Zero suit, I don't care. Even robo is sexy. Yeah,
0: that's true. Isn't there, like, a big elf lady in the Zelda series? Am I crazy?
1: No. There's Cece, but I think she's kind of... girl. Not Ugo, she's just like, <laughs> she's like an auntie. She's not know? giving mommy energy. She, no, she's giving auntie energy, yeah.
0: Alright, well those are our nominees for Mommiest Mommies. And if you have one that we missed, let us know. Or let us know of our list, which mm-hmm. one you think get mm-hmm. the Mommiest Mommy. And our next category is
1: Jolliest Doll. Ooh, give us the dwalls. Okay, I already have... Oh
0: wait, this is Jolliest Doll game
1: oh not, right, like, right, right
0: not who we think is like the dolliest doll not characters which, which game or games are like the tr- most trans games of the year
1: yeah okay oh you kind of already asked that at the beginning didn't you
0: yeah but now we're gonna answer it
1: okay let's see well i gotta throw back out tears of the kingdom then uh-huh. although one of the most trans things of breath of the wild that they actually took away from this game was in breath of the wild there's a whole gameplay sequence where you have to get a women's costume for Link to sneak into an all yeah, women's yeah, to, town, to town. a yeah, Gerudo Town, and that's not a part of the storyline in this one, so it's a little less trans.
0: But, but also, didn't he grow out his hair and he's giving like more femboy twink energy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they cut off his arm.
1: Yeah, and is that trans? Well, you did trans. Trauma,
0: trauma is trauma, and he had a body part on him change,
1: and he removed it. Yeah. Gone, gone. That's um, trans. I would also say, I know it's just DLC, but probably Mario Kart Mm -hmm. this year because they released a bunch more of the girly pop characters, Including including Birdo, who
0: is a trans icon and legend. And, um...
1: Pichette and Chet. Pauline. Pauline, who I was me. most excited for. That's me. She is I kind of you. Pauline is kind of the Jump Anne Hathaway of the Mario. Jump up and
0: don't be scared.
1: You know, she tries to convince me all the time that she doesn't like singing and then can't help herself. So, um, What Let's other do Jolly do Doll I pop games were there this year?
0: Um, I think Baldur's Gate 3 also needs another mention um, because you can create any, like, customization of, like, transness that you want for your character. Mm. Um, and there is, you know, there's something always very, like, trans about a lot of the characters' individual stories, mm. most because they're dealing with, like, trauma or, like, exes. And I'm like, that's, that's queer. Mm. That's LGBT.
1: I think no. a- another one is Fay Farm.
0: Oh, faith farm. Yes. I
1: have not had a chance to play it yet, but right now, literally at the time of us filming this, between November twenty second and November 29th, mm-hmm. you can play the game for free mm-hmm. to see if you want to. Buy it.
0: Yes. Um. I also believe Story of Seasons. Um, oh yeah. A Wonderful Life came out this year, which is also um. You can play as um a non-binary character. Wow. Um. And you can marry like anybody. And then you can raise kids together. Oh, how cool. It's like a family, like, raising game and a farming sim.
1: Oh, how lovely.
0: My other nominee that I need to put forth for dolliest doll game is... Fashion
1: Dreamer. <gasps> oh yeah, fashion dreamer. Fashion Dreamer Duh. is for
0: the doll. Oh, I haven't played
1: this yet, but I want to so bad. I have been
0: begging Kala to buy fashion dreamer.
1: I I just can't convince myself to pay full price for it right now because I bought so it many. It is other a games. pretty expensive
0: game, but they're giving free content. Like okay. they're not making you pay for DLC. They're they've been adding like new clothes and designs and stuff okay. that gone on. If you play Fashion Dreamer, please DM me, because I need to, like, be your friend and that, so
1: that we can, like, See, play I, a game I, I,
0: There is nothing more fun than just dressing up people well, Especially
1: in right now, as I'm going through my transition, I'm kind of, like, looking for fashion inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what a fun little way to do that.
0: And it's the best way for me to be able to, like, experiment with Lolita fashion that I really mm. want to, because Lolita fashion in real life is very expensive and yeah. not made for plus-size people.
1: yeah um i think one more game that i'd like to throw out there it's not necessarily the most trans game in the sense that none of the characters are trans but none of the characters really have genders either it's just like a cute game and that's pikmin there was the new game pikmin 4 came out this year and
0: the only the only people that i know that like pikmin are trans
1: yeah same it's all a bunch of trans people and autistic we don't need to go there (laughs) but pikmin 4 came out this year and remakes of pikmin 1 and 2 were released on this well they're not remakes they're ports um remasters they're not even remasters they're literally just ports they look the same yeah they look the same as when they were ported to the wii um but they're still very fun yeah they improved a few little quality of life things and if you've never played pikmin start with pikmin 1 and 2 because both of them can be beaten in like ten to twenty hours, mm-hmm. so literally one weekend you'll finish the whole game.
0: Why? Why do trans people love Pikmin?
1: I think it's just because it's so cute, mm-hmm. and especially in the more recent games, um, the characters don't really have genders. I mean, they kind of do, but like your character is more so like just futuristic like futuristic astronaut. Yeah, there's right? like little, like teeny tiny little astronaut people from a different planet, mm-hmm. and I, it's just really cute. It's one of the cutest games ever.
0: Wow, we had a lot of nominees for Dolliest Doll. We did. So let us know what you think your Dolliest Doll game was. I think mine, I think Fashion Dreamer might be the Dolliest Doll game.
1: Yeah, I. While
0: while I enjoy Baldur's Gate 3 more as a gaming experience, I think Fashion Dreamer is like, that is made for queer
1: people. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played it yet, but I honestly think I have to agree with you. I think that Fashion Dreamer is probably the Dolliest Doll one that we listed. If you have a different one and wanna throw some more out there, please let us know. If not that, honestly, probably Pikmin. I know, none. again, none of the characters are trans. It's just such an innocent, little, beautiful experience. I think it attracts a lot of trans people.
0: There is something about, like, cozy games and, like, comforting games. Yeah, that's my favorite I genre. I think more, like, um, femme-presenting people and queer people are drawn to. Although I also know lots of queer people that love, um, like, Dead by Daylight.
1: So. Yeah. I know uh, so many T-Girls obsessed with fighting games and are so good at them yeah so good at them
0: but i will say like the cozy game genre i think lets us kind of experience that you were saying innocence yeah in a way that we don't really get to experience yeah. in real life and i think that's why i've always been drawn to like farm sim games and cozy life especially if games. you get
1: to customize your character and like be yeah. the gender and presentation you want to be yeah it's very cozy or at least it's, very nice. if it's like
0: ambiguous enough that you can like like, headcanon, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Like, even back in the day in older Harvest Moon titles, like, you couldn't, you could only play it like a boy or a girl. Um, but like, I can headcanon.
1: Anything, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because
0: yeah. the character is so bland.
1: Right. All right. It just project whatever you want yeah. on self insert. Yeah. Well, on the opposite end of this award, we what were the brickiest brick, brick
0: video games of the year?
1: And by that, we just mean, like, what were games, maybe that were kind of hyped up and ended up being crap, or even just games that were published that were literally crap.
0: Starfield.
1: I haven't played it yet, but I have heard very controversial things.
0: It's a brick. baby. It's That's a brick. so upsetting. It's just a bunch of nothing. Like, Why is that? They like, made a game that is just a bunch of, like, not much going on. And it came out within, like, the same week as Baldur's Gate 3. And so using that as a comparison, because once, like, a space um sci-fi RPG and once like Mm. a fantasy RPG. But like even if they were both fantasy RPGs or both sci-fi RPGs, like Baldur's Gate would win every time because there's so much more reaction and creativity Mm. and choice.
1: I wonder why it is that it seems like every time these studios try to make these like very expansive, interesting, Mm sci-fi space themed open world things it always gets floundered. Like there's always these huge expectations yeah. that they present and then always the product is lackluster. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's why to this day like the Mass Effect series is still arguably the best sci-fi like game like RPG, but it's really hard because space is so vast and I just don't yeah. think I don't think the way that we make video games allows for like the vastness of choice that you would be able to have in like the imagination of like, space travel.
1: Yeah, and I also think, like, the reality of space is that most of it is empty. Yeah. Like, most planets don't have life. Most places are not going to have right. colonized groups of people. And I
0: think for RPGs, the best choice you can make is have give yourself a limit of mm. what the story is. Because Baldur's Gate 3 works because it's a D&D campaign. Right. It has a start and an end and three-act structure of, like, what you're going to do when. And, that, and then within, like, a limit, you can create much more choices. So right, a game right. like Starfield that tries to be too big and too expansive, yeah, all the choices are meaning nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think kind of the same thing with Tears of the Kingdom. I think that that version of Hyrule, that sandbox of Hyrule, between Breath of the Wild and that game, is one of the most interesting open map worlds that I've ever personally played in for that exact reason. Like, everything seems so thoughtful. Like, everything is there for you to experience in a specific way. And yeah, there's a lot of choice for how you can do that. But it's not an overwhelming amount of choice.
0: Is there Um, a brick game that came out that you tried and were like, why did I play this? I
1: was going to say Pokemon and then I realized that it was not released this year. Okay, but the
0: DLC came out this year, so I'm going to count it.
1: Okay, we'll count it. Yeah, the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet games are... Listen, I bought them when they came out in the middle of 2022. I did not play them until fall of this year specifically because it was it, it's so ugly
0: i also think it's so negligent of game freak and the pokemon company to release two packs of paid dlc and none of them include patches to make the game look or function better
1: yeah not at all and i j- like i am excited
0: like sh- that's insane
1: to me. they have a new wave of dlc coming out in december so if you're listening to this at the time of launch it hasn't come out yet maybe if you're listening to it in the future let me know if it was good And I am excited for it. Apparently, it's going to be a bigger challenge. They're, you know, reintroducing a bunch of old Pokemon, but none of that matters to me ultimately. When it just comes down to the bare fact that, like, yeah, I enjoyed this game once I played through it for what it was as a Pokemon game. Like, it's the same as any other one. It's just so disappointing to know that that is the biggest media franchise on earth. It has. It makes an insane amount of money, and. It has such a loyal fan base. Like, Jesus Christ, we talk about Pokemon in every single episode. And it just seems like the leadership of Game Freak and the Pokemon Company are just totally negligent of the brand. Like, they just don't care about the mainline series of games in a way that... Like, no. look, at Nintendo releases a Zelda game, and it's so thoughtful. It's so beautiful. It's so masterful. And then P- Pokemon does the same thing every two years, which is probably too fast of a production cycle, and it looks like hot fucking yeah. garbage. Well,
0: they refuse to hire more people. They release games on such a fast cycle, and this is why most of Pokemon's money does not come from the games. Yeah, it comes from selling merchandise, and they need to bring out new Pokemon very quickly to so that they can release new lines of merchandise. I think, and that's why they also keep going back and like reinventing, like coming up with like gigantamax charizard or mega charizard because they know a new version of charizard is going to sell a bunch of figures and plushies yeah and that is how they're going to make their money and they don't care if the games are not good
1: i do think that they are going to get to a point though where they offend the consumer base so much that sales fall
0: we keep thinking that but the sales keep getting better and better
1: yeah that's really unfortunate. people were
0: saying the same thing about sword and shield that they're saying about scarlet and violet the graphics look bad this is like negligent they never fix it and then scarlet and
1: violet sold like twice as much twice as fast. So I this cable. is a plea to the Pokemon fandom. If the next game comes out and it is hideous again, we have to boycott it. Yeah. We have to do we have to sonic the hedgehog this moment and shame them so deeply yeah. that they recall the product and relaunch it they looking should. better. Because what the absolute fuck I have had moments in that game where, like, fully my, my character is a puddle of spaghetti. Yeah. Like, that should not be happening.
0: Why is the sandwich-making minigame making my Switch light on fire? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: then your Switch is like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I open up that sandwich-making <laughs> minigame, and my Switch is like...
1: <gasps> About to literally ex- blow up her <laughs> house. <laughs>
0: <I'm> like... <laughs> and I granted, I have an original, like, came out, like, year one Switch, mm. so... It's old at this point. They they also need new hardware, but
1: I would say I I, I haven't played a ton of other like brick games this year and I want to get into like a little riff about this. I play mostly Nintendo games. I've talked about that on here a lot of times. Like we I, all have limited I from
0: everything.
1: We all have limited amount of time. I can only spend so much of my attention on video games. I prefer like what I prefer. I'm autistic. Let me live. That said, it it must piss Nintendo off how poorly the pokemon brand handles their product because nintendo is notoriously like obsessed with their brands Mm -hmm. you know like they are so protected they hate the modding community they're like we make what we make and this is the experience you're getting and it's amazing Mm -hmm. and i love them for that i can always expect a very consistent and lovely experience so so far this year i've purchased mostly those games mostly nintendo games and they've all been really great
0: I need to go back because I forgot an entire game franchise that came out this year that has the best dads, the oh. best daddyest daddies. Oh, Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh, good God. Clive Rossfield, Sid, Barnabas. Literally every man in Final Fantasy sixteen is daddy, and it is insane. And if you are a fellow Final Fantasy person and you love daddies you have to play kind of this
1: game is not on the switch right no see and this is another another quick little critique And it would
0: never run on the Switch. it is so another it would never be able to get ported to the switch another critique it barely it barely runs on ps5
1: because it's so expansive it's
0: so the like amount of like graphical quality and like particle effects and like crazy shit that they do in this game Mm. it it barely runs the bahamut fight on, um, in Final Fantasy 16, if you've played it, you know that could never run on, like, anything that is not top-notch.
1: See, and this is another th- qualm that I have with Nintendo, and I think most long-term Nintendo fans have a qualm with this as well. They just don't ever produce systems that provide that level of experience, which is why they have to rely so heavily on their own brands that fit the, the hardware that they're producing. I understand why they do it. They're trying to make it affordable for, like, most families. Mm-hmm which is awesome that there's a product like that. But I've been thinking about getting a PlayStation recently.
0: Well, we've gone over all of our awards, except our final award What's for that? the Trans Game Awards. Or, I, as I like to call them, the Trans sports Awards.
1: Not the Trans eSports. <laughs> okay. And
0: that is the Honorary, Honorary Lifetime, Lifetime
1: Achievement, Achievement Award.
0: The, the most doll. the most trans.
1: Who, who among the video game community has represented the trans community for such an amount of time as this the individual? The
0: time. She has put in the work, put in the hours.
1: The holiest hole of the trans holes.
0: She has injected estrogen straight into her hole. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. The pinkiest pink girl. Big bow tie. It girl. Birdo. Birdo!
0: Congratulations, Birdo. You Congratulations
1: next year we will present this award again to another trans idol but this year no one is more deserving
0: no i mean i can't think of anybody who has put in as long of time into like trans video game history as birdo has she has created controversy she has created articles she is the girl the moment
1: nintendo give us a birdo's island video game please just once. You know,
0: honestly, if the Super Princess Peach... No, no that's not what it's going to be called. What is it called? There's a new Peach game coming out next year. It's like... And it's like for the theater girls, too. Yes. Isn't it Super Princess Peach? No, that was her title. That was the
1: DS, DS one. Yeah.
0: If that game sells well, maybe they'll start making more
1: like fun up. games. Burr and up. they've
0: been really, like, diving into, like, that recently by releasing, like, mostly fan characters as Mario Kart DLC, putting Daisy in... Um, Give like the girls Spider-Man what Wonder, they want. Giving Peach her own solo video game again. So, I'm smelling Birdos Island.
1: Also, a very friendly shout out to Yoshi for being just a lovely, lovely creature who loves their partner. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that is an agender thing. Yeah. Dinosaur
1: thing. Thing. It. It. Um, I'm allowed to say it. And that's it for the Tran E Sports Awards. (laughs) 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 Betty, I want to ask you actually kind of a cute little intimate question. Okay. So we've already let the audience know that we like came together to make this podcast because we're both in the film industry mm-hmm. and we wanted to platform ourselves and like trans people deserve to make films. Mm-hmm. Anyways.
0: And video games.
1: The other thing that brings us together is just our mutual love of video games and sort of nerdy things. And I'm curious, like what video game made you love video games? Like what got you into it?
0: Um, old oh, rusty, crusty.
1: Rusty and crusty. old oh, oh,
0: rusty and crusty. Game Freak's own child, Pokemon.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. Pokemon
0: is the first video game series that, or video game period that I ever remember playing, Mm. A, and then B, that, like, I had to have. I was Mm. like, I need the new ones every time they come out. I love playing games. It introduced me to RPG mechanics. It's, like, Pokemon's, like, baby's first role-playing game, always, Right. right? And then that made me fall in love with video game series like Final Fantasy, in Dragon's Quest, and later on the Persona series, um, like all of those types of games where you are really invested in like a group of characters that party and their story. Pokemon not only like got me into video games, it got me into like projecting myself into worlds. Like I would mm. use like the blank slate like, characters as like my character. And I would collect only the Pokemon that I wanted to right. have on my team. Like, I could only, I could go out and get just the Jigglypuffs and just the Clefairies and just, like, Eevee, the right? pink,
1: The pink girls. The
0: cutie ones, right? And I was allowed to because they were Pokemon. And then I could go and, like, beat my older brother at the game with my cute Pokemon. And then you can't make fun of me because I whooped your ass, like- right? Slay. Um, that was kind of like how it felt. And I think in a weird way, video games is what led me to want to be an actor. Because mm. I love getting invested in like a world. And every time you act in something, you're creating like a new world. Yeah. And that's how I also approach like my drag artistry. Every time I create a number, I'm creating a new world. And it's like every like mix that I make in drag is like a mini one act play. Mm. Like that she goes on a journey from point A to point B to point C. Right. Yeah. So that's kind
1: of, I think video games really taught me that. How beautiful. Um, I think kind of similarly, like I grew up really loving movies. That's why I wanted to be a filmmaker. I was like obsessed with movies and I didn't really have access to video games. My cousin had games, but I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. I had a rough childhood. My mom, unfortunately, was an addict and it made things pretty unstable for me. But I would visit cousins. I would visit... Friends and they had video games. So I played games sometimes as a kid and I knew which ones were like interesting to me But I didn't have like a grasp or a wealth of knowledge about video games Also, this was pre-internet and I didn't go to school very much as a kid because of my rough childhood I literally missed like grades worth of education Um, So I didn't have like a repository or a way to go be like I like Pokemon and Here's why you know like that sort of thing but I do remember when I was 11 years old for Christmas my mom bought me a Nintendo GameCube, and it was like the first time I'd ever been given a video game of my own. And it was the black one that came with this promotional Zelda game disc that had four games on it. It had the first two Zelda games, Zelda and Zelda 2, and it had Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask from the N64. It also had a demo of Wind Waker. Anyways, I was completely unfamiliar. I'd never even heard of Zelda. And I popped it in, I started Ocarina of Time. Played through the first sequence sequence in the Kokiri Forest and was literally like mesmerized, Mm -hmm. completely and absolutely hooked. And when I say hooked, like I was 11, internet started becoming like more accessible. All I would do online just GameFAQs and like Zelda Dungeon.net. Yeah, that's it. Just reading lore, 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 lore about Zelda, pretending that I lived in the universe, learning the Hylian alphabet, like full on nerd kid shit. I
0: used to print out Bulbapedia articles. Love like it. Pokemon, so that I could take them with me to like my brother's like hockey practices because like there wouldn't be like computers, and this was before we all had like phones where we could just look up yeah. everything. I would like print them out so that like I knew like the move list of the Pokemon that I, would, Slay. Like, I was like, playing Pokemon Emerald and just like.
1: Oh my god I actually one, reading the
0: Bulbapedia articles one
1: time I got in trouble in computer class in like the eighth grade for printing out game, a game facts page because <laughs> it was like 80 because it was like 80 pages, it long. Was like 80 pages <laughs> long uh about how to like beat a Zelda dungeon um so yeah I would say that Ocarina of Time was my first like entrance into games made me totally obsessed with that also made me obsessed with the Zelda universe and I've been obsessed ever since so like 20 years as a fan oh.
0: and I love games because not only can they like transport you to new worlds and like introduce you to new ideas. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people's first, um, kind of, uh, interaction with, like, themes of, like, rebellion or, like, themes of, like, climate change or, like, Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. Um, things like that. That was, like, a lot of, like, younger people's first being, like, oh, wow, like, the big corporations are destroying the planet and we're, we have to stop them
1: yeah. from doing that. It's, like, real art. It's literature yeah. sometimes, really. Um, well... Betty, thank you so much for sharing uh, so much with me and shitting on the Game Awards with me. I think it was really fun. The Tree and E Sports Awards. Please let us know who you think the winner should be for our categories. And join us again next week where we are going to talk about something. something. Bye! Bye!